Hi, my name is Rachel. Welcome to this Freedom Church podcast with Pastor Catherine. Our heart is that this message will equip and empower you to live a life fully devoted to Jesus. Awesome. Why don't you nudge the person next to you and say, it's good to see you. And on the other side, say, you're looking rather fine today. Awesome. Great stuff. Darren's um, preaching at another church this morning at, um, in Lifehouse Church in Chesterfield. He'll um, be back later on today. And um, um, this is, um, this is all, all this stuff is great, isn't it, that we get to be a part of um, this, um, this Christmas, what we get to give to through um, uh, giving in small ways and in, in big ways that we get to be a part of together. So that's great, isn't it? Why don't you, why don't you take, uh, on, on your way out today, why don't you take a big handful of the, um, of the invites um, that, that are somewhere, um, the other blue ones, why don't you take a big handful, um, if, we can, um, if we can make that happen, Sarah, um, it, 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 on, on the way out so that you can uh, give some to people on your street, etc. And um, I've got a real word for us this morning that I'm um, looking forward to sharing with us just now. And um, wasn't it a great series, the More series? It was a fantastic series um, that we shared in this house together. And um, I'm just going to read one scripture um, and then I'm going to pray and we're going to dive straight in. Does that sound good? You'll be very familiar with this scripture now. I'm just going to read it to sort of set us up, but I'm going to dive into other scriptures as we go forth this morning. And uh, so I'm going to read Ephesians 3.20 again from the TPT. And uh, I wrote this in um, sort of permanent marker on a sheet of A1 and put it on my dressing table. It is slightly scruffy because I've not got the neatest of writing. And it's not like, you know, um, it, it, it's not it framed and it's a bit, it's, it, it's a bit bent. But it's been on my bedroom cabinet for the last four months. And I just cannot get away from this scripture. And when I'm doing my hair, when I'm getting ready, I'll just glance at this scripture. And it just feeds my soul and encourages my spirit. And I want um, the same for us all in this place this morning. Because these words are alive and they are powerful. And it's like, um, you know, actually eating of something and it becoming a part of our bodies to nourish our very souls this morning. And it says, never doubt. Has anyone ever doubted anything in their life? I think that would be all of us, but this is an encouragement that is so real and so true that we are to actually in our lives, in our families, in our situations to never doubt God's mighty power to work, not in, you know, um, um, Istanbul, that was the, um, you know, a faraway place that just came to mind, or not in the Outer Hebrides, but within you. 
Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Everything of his talking of his identity and the deep love of Christ and our salvation and him being our father and we bearing his name and his children. That is all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream. What are you pondering on? What are we asking God for? What are we petitioning him for? And exceed your wildest imagination. Listen to this now. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. It means his miraculous power, this divine power, this grace, this supernatural strength, this overwhelming joy and peace that we can tap into within us is constantly at work, never slumbering, never resting, but constantly at work within us. What a scripture, eh? What a scripture. So, Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would mobilize your people this morning. Father, that you would speak into our hearts, that you would hush every other thought, Lord. Father, we pray that we would have an encounter with you in these moments, that each one of us, Father, would surrender our hearts, our situations, ourselves in these moments to you, God. And that you would speak through your word, Lord. I pray that you would help us to lean in this morning, that that barriers of walls would come tumbling down in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen. Why don't you just lean into, let's lean into these uh, truths um, this morning. A few weeks ago, I preached um, a message on where is God's power formed the most in your life? Where is his power Form the, form the most, meaning that there is a place, there is a, there, there is a, a time. Where is it formed the most in your life? And um, I'm going to be uh, concluding that message this morning. Um, the first two things that I said was, number one, um, God's power is formed the most in and through your worship. When we worship him, because worship is a, worship is a weapon, and when we worship him, we're, we're surrendering. We're saying this worship isn't about me, it's about you. And that through my worship, um, I'm putting my trust in you. I'm raising my, I'm I'm not being closed off to the things of you, Lord, but I am being available and I am putting you first and I am exalting your name because worship is a weapon. And we need to not um, be bowls in a china shop. And running to every situation in our life that we're facing like a bull in a china shop and smash everything along the way. But we need to fight our weapons um, in the spirit with worship because worship is a weapon. When we're faced with the battles, you know, we know from um, this message that God always put the worshippers at the front of the battle because they always break through because worship breaks through. When we exalt him in the car on the way to work and we're feeling naff and exhausted or you're thinking, oh, when will this situation change? When we worship him, it brings a shift within here and puts God in his rightful place. 
place which brings change and transformation because worship is a a weapon and that is where God's um, power is formed the most in your life. The second thing that I said is that um, God's power is formed the most in your worst and weakest of times. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God and not of ours. In our worst and our weakest, when we're we're thinking, um, you know, I haven't got it within me to walk this process. I need more strength in this. You know, I need, (coughs) surely, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) surely this situation isn't what God planned. But in our worst and our weakest, when those cracks begin to appear, and we think, no, I need to cover this up so that people can't see this, so, so that God can't see this. God's like, actually, it's okay. Because these cracks can be where my power can express itself the most because it can be seen. Amen. His power is formed the most in our worst and in our weakest. Um, So um, the third thing is what I want to share with us over these next few minutes together. Everyone say the third thing. Nudge the person next to you, say you wake for this, for the third thing. This scripture said, for his miraculous power constantly is at work. His miraculous, what power? His miraculous power, not, you know, just something that's small or uh, inconsistent, but his miraculous power is constantly at work within us. So where is God's power, this divine grace, this supernatural strength, this, this joy that can overflow, this peace that can subdue? Where is this power um, that is formed the most in our life? And it's this, the third thing. It's in in our walking and it's in our waiting. And the first thing that I want to say is in our walking. Um, About um, three months ago, when September had nice weather... Um, Darren and I had a day off and um, we thought, oh, let's go for a lovely, let's get some fresh air, let's go for a lovely walk up in the countryside and um, we sort of miscalculated the time. Like, we have to pick the kids up at 3.30. And um, I think it was about, like, uh, half 12 when we set off. So we're like, we've got... I think we just had a bite, a bite of lunch or some brunch. And then, and then set off. It was, you know, one of those crispy days where it's slightly chilly, but the, the, the sky is just beautiful blue and everywhere looks gorgeous. The grass looks extra green and it just looked absolutely beautiful so we walked up in the hills somewhere that way and um uh, and so we're walking and i'm saying yeah i know where we're going um i used to play around here as a kid so we um went beyond warmsley golf course and up through if you know the area up beyond buckhurst and um uh, and then, and then I'm like looking at the time, thinking we need to be going back. 
at this point, we need to be going back. So we could see that we were sort of on a hill. And we could see the other hill where we needed to go to. And we're like, well, it doesn't look very far. I'm sure we'll make it in time to get to that other hill, which I think is in the right direction. <laughs> and we pretty much should make it in time. So our uh, meandering and great conversations turned into a, pe a quick quicker pace which then turned into a run <laughs> and we're thinking oh no well and as we're going down um it, it, it because obviously you have to go down don't you before you get up as we're going down into um this this valley um we then uh, get go into this forest and some beautiful i'm like there's some beautiful streams and some man-made wooden bridges and we're going lower and lower down and all of a sudden we are just completely surrounded by this forest. We have no idea where we are. We need to be picking our kids up in 35 minutes and um, we cannot see the hill that we were supposed to be going towards, hoping that we are going in the right direction. Um, we could see the hilltop um, but we uh, thought that we were going towards it. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we could transport in life um, from hilltop to hilltop? Wouldn't that be nice if we could transport from um, a, a promise of God or from a, a great season unto the next great season, from the thing that God has said to actually living and walking in it. But who knows that life does not happen that way, that there is a process to walking out the plan, a process to walking out even the pain, a process to walking out um, the path that God has for us. Now, we can get lost in it and saying, you know, oh, I can't see where it is now. You know, surely we should be there by now. This isn't what it, it said on the tin when I believed in this hill that I am going towards this promise of, you know, increasing salary or, or your son coming to know Jesus or this situation that you're walking through changing. But who knows that it doesn't work like that. We cannot go from peak to peak. One of my favorite scriptures of all time, um, a few years ago when I was um, ill, I walked through this scripture daily and it says this in Psalm 23. I'm going to read it from the TPT. <clears throat> and um, bearing in mind everything that I've just said, it says, that's where he restores and revives my life. In that very walking, in that very walking down, in that very navigating through the process. Listen to this. He opens before me pathways, opens perhaps ones that were shut before, perhaps ones that in this vulnerable time you weren't willing to walk before. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure, not, not traps, 
not ones where you're going to get lost. He never leads us to a place where he will not take us through it because he is a good God. He is not mean or he is not able. He will never take you down a road where he will not give you all you need to walk through it. He opens pathways um, to God's pleasure and leads me. He's the one that leads me. He leads us along in his footsteps that he's already gone before you. In his footsteps of righteousness that are good and that are pleasing and that are holy. So that um, I can bring, so that we can bring honor and glory to his name. Lord, even when your path, listen to this, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness of a season, of a situation, of a sickness, of a family situation, of of something within you deeply personal. Listen to this. Fear will never conquer me. Can we have an amen for that? And saying fear will never conquer you, for you already have. He's David writes to God, fear will not conquer me because you already have conquered me. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. His presence being with you in it and through it all the way leading you. Your authority, his power, his name, he says, is my strength and my peace. How is that possible? Walking through this, walking through a difficult time, walking through whatever you're going through, we can have strength and we can have peace. Be peace not of this world that is up and down and circumstantial, but the peace that is not from a place or from a situation, but the peace that is from a person. And his name is Jesus. Your authority is my strength and my peace. I'm not really working my way through this scripture very quickly, am I? Um, The comfort, listen to this, the comfort of your love takes away my fear. His comfort in this journey for you and for you and for you, the comfort of his love taking away all fear of those nightmares, of those anxious nights, of those where you catch your breath and you're not sure if this relationship has got a future. God, um, take away this fear as I trust in you because it says that you will comfort me. Uh, He says that you'll never be lonely in his presence because you are ever near. As you walk through these things in front of you, as you walk through this season, he will not only lead you, but he will restore you, he will heal you, he will redeem you in the process of the walking. It was never his plan that we jump there or propel there. It was never his plan for... uh, Uh, a snap moment because he loves us too much for that because of what he's forming within you through his miraculous power in the process of the walking. It says um, um, in Psalm 77, um, jumping in at um, verse 20, Everything on earth shook and trembled as you drew drew near. 
um, it's um, talking about um, the Israelites at the Red Sea. Your steps, listen to this, your steps formed a highway through the seas with footprints on a path no one even knew was there. You led your people forward by your loving hand, blessed by the leadership of Moses and Aaron. God's path led the people, as we, um, many of us will know from the account in Exodus 13 and 14 in the Bible of where they had been trapped in slavery for over 500 years and God had a plan for them to move out and move forward. However, this plan seemingly led them to a dead end. It didn't lead them to the mountaintop. It led them to a valley. They were stuck. They were panicking. Fear was all around them Uh, but God's plan led them to that place perhaps some of us are going through stuff and you're thinking that this isn't God's plan that you're thinking God isn't in anything that is happening now I'm not on about sin I'm not on about personal choices I'm on about what God is doing and doing around us and we can be like you know this surely isn't the way this surely isn't supposed to be happening how is this even better Um, as the people in this um, account would have said, how is this better than what we had before? Are we crazy? We're being hedged in and pressed in and there is no way forward. God, what are you doing? This obstacle is too big and too difficult, but it is for his miraculous power that is constantly at work in and through us that he will never lead you to a challenging place and not walk you through it. He will not only walk you through it, but he will be with you and within you because he is a God that is within. He is a God that is within. He is a God that is right in the middle. If you feel this morning, and I just want to flip it, and I feel this is a prophetic um, point in this message, that if you feel right in the middle of it, can I encourage you that God is right in the middle of it with you? Because he is not a sit-on-the-fence God. He is not a God on cloud nine. He is not a God that is distant, watching from a distance like that song that is absolutely... Lovely melody and literally not true. He is right in the middle with you. Right in the middle because he is God that is within. He is not God that is without. He is a God that is within. And he has the power to work his mighty power enthusiastically, another version says, enthusiastically works within you actively, moving, changing, redeeming, healing within you through walking the process. He's right in the middle with you. Can I encourage us to trust him? Can I encourage us to hold on tight? To lean so closely that you can hear his heartbeat. That you can feel his presence. That you can feel his breath. Because he's whispering his truth over you. Right in the middle. And out of that relationship, he forms his best work within us. He forms a peace that subdues all emotions. It creates a safe place 
for our souls. It creates an overwhelming joy as we hear his breath and his heartbeat. It creates a conviction within us of a supernatural strength of I will follow you because you are right in the middle with me because he is a God that is within. He is not a God that is without and he is a God that is right in the middle with you. The heat and the pressure that you're facing isn't against you. It's actually forming you. The heat and the pressure is forming you and making your faith like gold and ripe and powerful. I read this in the week. It's a quote by Catherine McKennett. It says, every time I witness a strong person, now every time I witness a strong person, I want to know, she says, what dark did you conquer in your story? Mountains do not rise without earthquakes. And that's the truth. Where is God's power formed the most in your life? It's formed in our walking and our waiting. In our waiting. In the account going back to the Red Sea um, uh, story that happened with our um, ancestors of faith, it says in Exodus 14, I'm just going to jump into um, just to one scripture. It says, as the people were full of fear, and as I explained, they were angry and anxious and upset, and uh, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Don't go in all guns blazing. Don't go in like a bull in a china shop. Don't run away and hide. Don't don't get bitter. Don't get hard-hearted. Don't see the world now as a broken, messed up place and there's no way forward for you. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see, this, this, uh, this enemy, this tor- torment, this difficult situation you see today, you will never see again. The word of the Lord says, for the Lord will fight for you. Check this out. You need only be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. As Psalms write to cease striving uh, stop trying to fix everything like you know our job isn't to be a super glue you know some things only God can heal some things only God can move in but let go and trust and be still let the comfort of his love take away all fear because the waiting with Jesus forms his power within us We're not waiting on a bench, forgotten, subbed, left behind, but you're waiting in Jesus. His presence forms within us his nature of that peace and overwhelming joy that seems contrary to the circumstance. How come I've got this strength? How come I've got this conviction of truth? How come I'm trusting? 
today? How come I'm walking and living like this? Because of this conviction that I can trust in him and in his word. And yeah, there's a few forests around me at the moment, but I know if I keep on walking and I be still in my soul with him, I'm not going to barricade myself in and not let anyone in. But God, as I rest in you, you will perform your great, mighty power, miraculous power that is continually at work within me. Let me just read this as I bring this to a close in a few moments. He says in John 16:13. Can I just set the scene for this scripture? I love this book of the fourth gospels in the um, New Testament that, that uh, John is writing, who loved Jesus. He's writing this account of Jesus's um, last days before he walked the path, before he walked the path, before he walked through the valley, before he walked um, with the cross on his back, before he walked the valley, before he walked to the hill on the skull um, with the cross. He says this before he did that and everything he says to his friends, to his disciples, to his family. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace, are we listening to that? And everything I've taught you is so that the what? The peace. The peace which is in me, Jesus says, which is in me, will be in you. The same peace. And everything that I have taught you, the peace that brought Jesus to the cross, the peace that gave him the strength to surrender his will and lay it down in the garden and say, not my will, but your will. That peace, that peace that was with him, he said, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you, I've got it up on screen here, and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous. You must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Don't forget that. So you can be courageous and lift your head up, because you will have sorrows. You will have trouble, but be courageous. Because the peace that I've promised to give you, I've given you. And it's my peace that is now in you, and it will give you great confidence to walk and to wait. It will bring, this peace will bring truth to the turmoil. And it will bring calm to the chaos. Would you close your eyes with me, church, across this place? The mountain that lay before Jesus, the hill, he had to walk through the streets of Jerusalem. And as many of you know, I've walked these streets earlier on in the year. And every um, pathway leads to this station of the cross, this place of the skull. And every pathway is uphill on tiny little cobbled steps. And Jesus walked 
every single step with the cross on his back. With the same peace that he has given to us. This peace that doesn't always change the circumstance because the circumstance that you could be in could be the very plan of God for you to walk through. When Jesus walked up the hill in pain and in agony but with this peace and he went to the cross he had to walk through the process he couldn't just transport himself to the other side of victory he had to walk through the process of walking to the cross, being nailed on the cross, of the pain, of the rejection, of how he would have felt as a man. But he had to walk through this process. He had to wait in this so that we could receive his power. He had to overcome so that we could overcome and in him overcoming we could then overcome we could then not only walk through the valley but that we could then walk on the very things and the very things that the, the difficulties the fears the intimidation that we could actually put under our feet and say, you know what? I am trusting in God and I will follow you. And I already said yes five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and this does not change that. And I stand upon you. I stand upon the truth that you will turn the turmoil into truth and the chaos into calm as I walk and I wait in you through the process. Would you stand with me, church, across this place? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand across this place and just have a moment in his presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's cl close our eyes across this place. I want to read us one last scripture. And it's from bearing in mind the power of the cross. It's from Revelation 12, 11, And it says that they, meaning Jesus and us, the people of God, they triumphed over him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That very blood that was shed at Calvary, that very blood that he had to walk through the process of that pain, of that sorrow, of that um, moment in time, that very blood, is that what is cited here in Revelation of overcoming? It is that blood and the power of us speaking out who he is in our lives 
means that we too can overcome because he has overcome. That we church can overcome every situation. That you can overcome every fear. That you can overcome every obstacle as you walk through and wait and trust in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more information about Freedom Church, please visit www.freedomchurch.org.uk or you can follow us on Twitter at Freedom Bearing.